ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Brather. Joining me now, an impromptu interview. I just saw him in the building, and I kind of, I would say that I had to convince him to come in, but I just said, you want to come on? And he jumped about seven foot, ten and a half inches into the studio. <laughs> Hollis Conway, the uh, Olympic medalist. Thought for a minute he might get upgraded to goal. That that happened recently. We'll we'll chat about that with him. But Hollis Conway is here, uh, Rage Cajun legend, but a guy that many. I would say Hollis, like depending on who you ask around the city of Lafayette. Now most people know that you you medaled in the Olympics, but you you come to and you could correct me. You come across to me as a guy that a lot of people know you, but they know you from like different because you kind of have your hand in a lot of different cookie jars. You're a very busy guy. Absolutely. My my goal in life is for people to know me more for me serving them than me being in the Olympics. And so uh, I like to tell people I'm pretty famous in about a 20 mile radius. You step out of 20 miles, people kind of heard of me and you get a little bit further. And so I'm, I'm kind of local famous. I'm, I'm joking. I, I, you know, in the track world, I've had a lot of success and I'm excited about that. But the opportunity to give back and especially here, um, which I call my hometown where I went to school, met my wife, um, uh, I love getting out of the community in and, and, and as many ways possible as I can. Yeah, you're you're involved, uh, you know. All over the lo- place. Local government, you're involved at, at UL. You're, you know, you, you, you strike me as a guy. Like, how do you relax? Is it just to do something else? Or do you, like, do you ever just kick up your legs and, and like, hang out? Or? Yeah, I'm, I am such an extrovert when I'm around people, but I'm an introvert when I'm at home. Yeah. I, I don't, we don't go out. I don't drink. I, don't like, I just like sitting at my house. Me and my wife, we, we like to watch movies. We go to the movies a lot uh, and watch all kinds of movies except scary movies. But I am a movie guy. But yeah, I lay back and relax. I like to try to play golf, but it's not very relaxing. If somebody was playing Hollis Conway in a movie, what, what actor? Denzel Washington. I, it's, just, <laughs> it's funny. I'll ask like UL football players currently on the roster that question sometimes. And someone will say Denzel. I'm like, you know, he's. I mean, I know he's amazing, but that would take some prosthetics. I mean, you're. He would. It could be done. He could. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Denzel could do it. Denzel. Could Denzel do Washington. It. Um, how are you feeling about about? I mean, I, we just talked to Coach Desimo last hour for a while with fall camp getting started today. How? What are your thoughts on on your football heading into this season? I I am such a Cajun fan. Yeah, you know, I grew up uh, in some really tough conditions. Hadn't seen anything. Hadn't been anywhere. And. And my experience at then USAO kind of shaped my life, the mentors I had, the opportunity that I have. And so I'm such a Cajun fan, and I love all the sports and all athletics. And probably one of my greatest joys is before I took this job, I was assistant athletic director for two years and um, just absolutely loved it. And so I am so excited and nervous at the same time. You know, I'm a track guy, so I watch football. You know, I was just with Jake DeLome yesterday, but I – I don't pretend to know all the details, but you know, I'm like, okay, who's going to be the quarterback? <laughs> you know, well, that defense last year, we won a lot of games, but a lot of those games were really close. They came down to seven games, seven one uh, possession games. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are not good for your heart. And so, you know, can the ball keep bouncing in your favor? You know, games we need to dominate, we need to dominate. So I feel like we have a really great team. I don't know who the quarterback will be, but I feel like if the offensive line is there and we have running backs and wide receivers, I think we're going to be pretty good. But, man, I just I get so nervous because I don't know. Yeah, Next time you see Jake, ask him how his eyesight is. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I will. He, years ago, he did, this is back when he was playing on the Saints, he did a, a, an ad for LaHaye Eye Care, and he had got the LASIK surgery. And at the end of the commercial, during the commercial, he, he's, you know, giving a testimony. He's like, the next day, it was almost 2020. And then <laughs> so every time I ask him, he's like, it's 2020. And at some point, by the 20. <laughs> 20th time I asked him, you know, he started getting annoyed. So just throw <laughs> so that in there. I'll, I'll, I will do that. He might be like, who told you Who told you to say that? Was it Scott? Um, uh, Hollis Conway is is in studio with us for a little while. Uh, well, since it's your first time in here with me, I, you know, I got it. What's your, what's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? Ooh. Um, oh, goodness. I can't think of the name of it. Uh, um, Probably something off License to Ill. That was back when you. That was back. In oh your, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, I think that's the only one I know. All I can hear there. Rock. Whatever song. Yeah, yeah. Beastie Boys known to let the beat drop. That's what you're looking for. And then there's you know, you're right. No sleep till Brooklyn. All that good stuff. Your kind of music. I mean, you know, some folks know the Conway family is, you know, there's there's a pretty good singer in there. Yeah, I have a, a daughter that's a really good singer. I'm excited about her. She just finished her um, time with Tina Turner musical, and she's going to six on Broadway, uh, which is incredible. That's awesome. Um, but, man, my my music, uh, musical taste is broad. Uh, I mean, I like a lot of old school R and B, just old school stuff, the Commodores, that, that type of stuff. But then I get Zodico. Uh, I like country music. Uh, I got my older daughter loves country music. Really? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Um, uh, Chris uh, Young. Um, you know, so I like country music. And now I'm I'm learning Broadway. You know, uh, I love Broadway Hamilton music, and into the uh, uh, into the woods and and those yeah. type of deals. And so. So she, and, uh, she's on Broadway right now. You she's on Broadway right now. That's amazing. And That's then, amazing. Uh, but my the music that relaxes. I love some 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 gospel music. Just you know, calms my spirit, inspires me, gets me going, gives me the energy I need to make it. So I got oh, a broad range. Hollis Conway, little impromptu interview. I didn't have any time to prepare. I just saw him. He came in. Mano Duplantis, yes, for Sweden. It's from Lafayette. Yes. I mean, I I he's pretty good pretty good i i think he may be the best athlete ever to come out of louisiana now i'm a track and field guy and i understand that it's not as well known in in the united states it's the number two sport in the world it's soccer and it's track and field so when you get outside the united states they're kids who grow up doing track and field all their whole life where it doesn't happen here but what mondo has done since a freshman in high school i don't think could ever be done by anybody else now, you know, his dad competed while I, you know, I'm, I'm, his dad's a little older than me, but I competed with his dad. But I would like to say as a high jumper, where you jump off of our legs over a bar and land in mm-hmm. a pit, he's cheating. He's using a long stick to propel himself <laughs> in the air, and I didn't have a stick. So there, I'll leave that there. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's cheating if he was competing in, like, the high jump. but Yeah, yeah well, you know, you know, anyway. <laughs> But I, I think he he may be the greatest, greatest athlete Walter of all time. I mean, oh, absolutely. How do what, what's so impressive to me is like he I I liken him to the Usain Bolt of you know the hundred meter because when you're the best ever and you break the record and then you break your own record again and then again. I mean, 
He's broken the world record six times. Yeah, when I when I was competing, there was a guy from Russia named Sergey Buka who who did the same thing. You know, we have the opportunity in events like that, the high jump and the pole vault, is that when you jump, you can move the bar up just a little bit and and clear that and stop. You know. A lot of times when you run and you don't really have that ability to right, say, I'm just right. going to break it, this, and then the next time right. I'll break it that. And so there's an advantage in the event that you're in um, you're right. that so helps. It's different than Bolt somehow being able to have the, right. the body control. I'm going to run 93.2, yeah. and then right. I'll run 93.1. Right. <laughs> I think he brilliant, though, to do it because Andy oh, had, absolutely. had something, and I think it was his contract with Puma, where every time he set oh, yes. the record again, he got a – you got a bonus, so absolutely, absolutely. Like, when you break the world record, you get a nice bonus, and uh, but it's, it's simply incredible what he's done, the dominance that he has, and and coming from this area, it's kind of special. We we have incredible athletes come out of this area in every sport. Yeah, Imando is uh, a rock star in Sweden, and um, I tried to be Swedish, um, it didn't work. It didn't work. No, just what 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 gave it away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you, you, everything. You, you, you competed proudly for the U.S. and um, you know the truth is, you mentioned a, 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 a Russian athlete earlier. It wasn't that long ago they took away. The, was it the IOC? They took away. 30 years worth of Russian yeah, medals. I think it was 30 were, years. Eh? They were cheating They were cheating their rear ends off. No one is surprised to hear that. So, you know, you were, you were competing at a time where some of, the, some of those competing against you were, were cheating. I mean, that's, yeah. I, you might not say it, but I'll say it. I was in a different era. You know, we still had, you know, communist, communist East Germany. You know, we were in, I competed in a, in a different era. Back then. And, um, and I like to think it would have been interesting if they'd have went back a few more years. What would happen? Would I be an Olympic gold medalist? I got a silver medal. I, um, did, so let me ask you this: Do you know? So they went back and took the medals away. Did they then award the the silver medalist golds, or was it? Did they just kind of say, "Look, we're I not going to do that. We're just we're just washing ourselves of." I don't know. I was so upset. I stopped. I stopped, I stopped paying attention. <laughs> I stopped paying like, attention. I missed it by two years, it's like, man. Darn, I it by two years. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, silver medalist. I mean, that doesn't still number two. Doesn't slap the same way gold medalist. No, uh, it doesn't. Look, Olympic gold medalist. That is uh, that will always mean a ton. Um, and you know the fact that that you were able to do it. You know, going to USL, growing up in what North Louisiana, correct? Shreveport, Louisiana, and then down here to to Cajun country, and then you know the only time you would leave is to go. Pete in track and field somewhere. That's right. Well, I met a real pretty woman and married her, and so I think she put something in the jambalaya, and I couldn't leave. Couldn't leave. <laughs> What's your favorite Cajun food? I like smothered pork chop. It's not Cajun food, but they, the way they cook it. I mean, anything, you know, anything, anything yeah. could have a Cajun the, the gravy. I like the gravy up north. You know, we 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 cook with flour and black pepper. You know, we got a little thicker gravy up north. It's I, good. I, I heard a guy. For, it's funny. People ask me. That aren't from Louisiana, you know. I, I, w- I would imagine it's like this in a lot of states. Different parts of the state, you're going to get different individuals. But North Louisiana and South Louisiana are so different. Very different. And I um, met a guy the other day. I think he was a contractor. And he said, hi, my name's Billy. And I said, <laughs> whoa, you're <laughs> Billy. You're not from K. Oh, no, I ain't from Casey country. I'm from up in Monroe. I was like, that's just a reminder of, you know, um, the different cultures within within this great state, but you know you're a guy that's always 
you know, repped UL and, and been a part of it. I know you get excited about all the sports and, you know, you are an Olympic medalist. And even though, you know, you weren't able to use a, a pole like, like Mondo <laughs> did, uh, you know, you've done, you've done, where would you rank yourself among all time Razor Cajun athletes? If you, I don't know. I struggle honest. with, cause you get these comparisons all the time, even within sports, whether it's Michael or LeBron, I don't think people take in the consideration the different dynamics, the different eras, the different, you know, equipment, the different sure. shoes. Um, it's different. So I don't know how to compare second at the Olympics to uh, runner-up at the Super Bowl with Jake. <laughs> you know, sure. I'm more likely because I spend a lot of time in our community and trying to help our kids and inspire them to say, listen, you know, you each have an individual talent. You have to work to be the best that you can be and work and be happy with where you are, with what you accomplished. And so if I take that mentality, uh, I think that we've had incredible athletes across incredible sports, whether it's um, um, trampoline, you know, mm-hmm. the gifts are so different, but the stories are so different from where they came from. And so, you know, I would tell a kid who maybe jumped five feet over a bar that his performance might be better than me jumping seven, ten and a half because he may not have had that ability. He may have worked extremely hard and, and did everything to create something, to do something that he may have never been able to do with the ability that he has. We don't want to minimize that because he didn't get a silver medal. He may, he's not even going to make the Olympic team. Yeah. And so, you know, the, it's great when we talk about, you know, well, you might have been the best all-time Cajun athlete, but I know the stories of some of these kids who come out of communities with nothing and overcome out just to get to college and then they get a degree and, you know, playing college sports, uh, the number of people that do that. So I don't, I don't do that too much, um, but the fun part is, is that if you're having that conversation, I should be somewhere in there. You know, but I'm still a track guy, and I still think, man, they're gonna talk football, and basketball, and baseball. They're not even gonna mention us track I guys. I put together a list. This was years ago of like best athletes in team sports, and I made sure to put that in there. And then you know, you immediately responded on Twitter like, "Come I, on, I, I remember that. I remember what that." Is this? I'm like, hey, you know, I, but we, I mean, some of the story. If you get to know the stories, because we oh. want kids to feel like that they can inspire to to be better, sure. to chase their dreams. The reality is, I mean, I've jumped 17 and a half in 1991. It's still a record. Not many people are ever going to do that. I don't want a kid to say, you know what? I can't do that. I want the kid to know that, hey, start where you are and take the next step. Where it ends up, who matters? Who knows? Because um, the reality is I didn't accomplish all my dreams. I want to be the world record holder and win an Olympic gold medal. Didn't do either one of them. I think what you know what you bring to the table and and what you do in the community and 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 helping you know people from all kind of different communities, you mentioned not accomplishing that dream, but what you did after that because one hand you you let's say hypothetically you meet a young man he, humble beginnings works hard, earns a scholarship, plays the sport, gets a degree, then what right? what you did after that and what is your message? Because like I'll, you know, in this job, I've gotten to know in some sports more than others. I I guess I know more former football players than the other sports, but you know, it's different for some of these guys when they finish, they're, they're right out there. They know what they're doing. They're following it. They're 
and there are others that are just kind of floating like I'm not sure what to do now. What, right. What's your what's your message about that, and and how do you sort of draw from your own life to to help those in those situations? That's one of the toughest messages of all, you know, because I always say it's not about the destination; it's about the journey, the people you meet, the lessons you learn, and mm-hmm. all of those things. But I'm very careful because every person that accomplished the impossible, it was impossible before they did it. And they held on and they believed the impossible. So if you tell a kid, don't focus on the impossible, focus on the journey, then you may miss the impossible. Because a lot of times it looks like that kid will never accomplish anything possible. So it's it's really tricky because on one hand you're saying, it's not really about Olympic medals. It's the it's the relationships you build. It's the lessons you learn. It's developing uh, transferable skills and how you do all that. But at the same time, I was dreaming of jumping eight feet, which had never been done before, and it wasn't really a lot of evidence that I would ever do it early on. Yeah. So when someone giving me that message early on could have derailed that dream. So I don't really know how to navigate that. Uh, I, I I kind of talk myself in circles. I say, look, you hold on to that dream and you work really, really hard. But while you're working on that dream, make sure you understand your purpose and there's some greater lessons in there. You're developing a lot of those skills during that journey to prepare you for right. whenever you finish the day. But you really want to protect the impossible dream. you know. And some kids may never get there, but you just really don't know. Yeah, as long as you're trying, yeah. you didn't fail. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You fail if you didn't get off the couch right. and try. Failure is an important part of success. You Absolutely. just got to keep getting up. That's right. It's not so much failing. It's how you respond to it. Yes. I was talking to, gosh, Ryan Leaf a few weeks ago. And wow. He, what a crazy life he's had. But so much of, of all of the issues he had whenever he was younger, he said, I, didn't, I never learned how to handle failure. I had right. no idea how to handle it. And. You know, for years it it ruined my life, and you know the guy went from biggest bust ever to addict to incarceration, and now you know works in broadcasting, but also helps so many right. other addicts and rehab centers. And he said once he figured out how to accept failure, and once he learned to accept help, and sort of for the first time in his life, he was in his thirties in jail. Like, wow, I can actually help others. That's not something I ever thought I could do. Now he had purpose. I mean it. For some, it happens when they're young. For others, it, it, it can happen later. But when it happens, man, it's right. it's, it's It really helps when you have great mentors and people who understand. You know, it's one of the things we do with, uh, I'm the director of Parks, Arts, Recreation, and Cultures. We try to identify coaches who understand developing kids and not worry about winning championships. We have this mentality now. Tony Robichaud talked about it all the time. These kids want to be all-stars from four years on up in there. And and I think it, it sets them up for failure. Life is hard. You're not going to win all the time, and you're going to run into obstacles, and, and you're going to run into difficult relationships. If you, if you get married, you know, you got to learn to understand conflict resolution and all of those things. And a lot of times people want to be the best, think that you never lose. You got to win every time. But mm-hmm. being the best doesn't mean you win all the time. It means that you you know you understand who you are and what your gifts are and you and you put the work ethic in and you you help your teammates and you do all of those things. There's so many other intangibles that go along with that. So, with your job now in in the community, what is in your mind the single biggest issue 
You, I, maybe you just mentioned that's it, right? a great question. Just like the the mentality of well, you got to win a ring and do all this stuff at four, five, six, seven years old is the biggest issue. Focus more on winning a game as opposed to developing, you know, a person. So I I would say that this is because I I get the question all the time. A kid will say, or a parent, or a group. If I'm speaking to a corporate group, and they'll say, "What's the one thing I need to know to be successful?" I get that all the time, and my answer is always the same. The one thing you need to know to be successful is that it's not just one thing. The answer is diverse as the people that you expect uh, that you that you deal with. Kids come from different places; they're in different situations. Um, they have different motivations, different skill sets, and I think the key is identifying what obstacles are preventing you from being the best that you could be. And those, and if you can identify that, then you address that. And once you address that, there's another one right behind it. I think we're trying to focus on one thing when there's there's so many issues to be addressed, but each issue is not everybody's issue. It may be this subset issue. And I think you have to have, just like you have sports-specific coaching, you know, on the track team, when I went out there, the whole track team, we warmed up together. We did all these things together, but then we separated. The jumpers went jump, and the sprinters went sprint, and the distance went do distance, and the messaging was specific. But not only did I go to jumpers, the long jumpers went to the pit, the high jumpers went to the high jump pit, right. uh, you know, the pole vaulters went to the pole vault pit, and then the information, you know, you have to identify um, those issues that are preventing you from being successful as an individual, being successful as a team, and and you address those. And until we do that, I think one of the big issues is that we don't do that. We think that this one answer will fix everything else, and then you do that, and then you realize it's something else. Yeah, it's not something where there's a, a magic elixir. No. Here we go, we found it, and then no. you just... And even if you do find it, it's something else behind it. Just right. Something, you, you, you don't just... It's a journey. Fix it. And you, just always, you have to get better every day. Alice Conway, our guest, a little impromptu conversation here. So, uh, last thing, what is your official title now? I'm Director of Parks, Arts, Recreation, and Culture, Park. And what is your ultimate goal before we let you run in this position? You know, I actually, my wife and I talk about this all the time because we're old enough to where a lot of our friends are retiring and they're starting to do all the things they, they dream of doing. And my wife and I was like, you know, we've done all that. We're kind of backwards. You know, I've traveled the world. I've been over 36 different countries. I've been almost every state in the United States. We've seen a lot of things. We we love it right here. I, my my goal is to to serve this community uh, the best I can until I can't do it anymore. Uh, we're not looking to travel. You know, I have a daughter in New York. We go there. We have a, a, a grandbaby in Houston that we like to go see, and I have three other grandchildren in Houston also. So we're just kind of family-oriented, loving our community, loving the opportunity to serve this community. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just a local guy enjoying, trying to enjoy as much Cajun sports as this I can. This is kind of retirement for you. Yeah, this is re- I'm retired working. Right, right. <laughs> and then I was famous retired. in a sport that didn't make any money, so I have to work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Hollis Conway has been our guest. It's great having you, man. I um, I appreciate. We had to do it again. Appreciate you just jumping. Let's definitely do it again. I appreciate you just jumping on here and um, literally huh? just jumping just in. Out. I'm like, Come on in. He's like, I will, I yes, will. Sir. And remember, tell J- ask him. Say, Jake, how's, how's your eyesight? How's your eyesight? Yeah. And if he doesn't say it's 2020, if he's just like it's fine, be like, is it 2020? <laughs> Make sure. Make sure. 
Hollis, man, thank you so much. Yes, sir. All right, Dan Lust, sports attorney, joining us next right here is the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.